George Kurtz is going to step up and in. You know what? We're going to get into this NHL situation. It seems to be pretty screwed. All right. Uh, shout out to our uh, radio affiliates. I am uh, Gabriel Morenci. We're throwing it down. It is the uh, Monday night uh, meltdown level two. George Kurtz is going to step up and in. In a couple of moments, we had Paul Bowlby kicking with us. We got a lot of football to get to. Sort of, we got to let uh, week 13 sort of settle in uh, right now. And, you know, I just, I'm still shocked about, the, I was still shocked about the New York Giants, all right? Like, I'm still shocked about the New York Giants winning this football game yesterday against Seattle. And now, I guess at this time tomorrow night, I'll still be shocked about Washington winning this game today. And then maybe on Wednesday, I'll still be shocked about Dallas beating Baltimore. Because at this point, is Dallas going to beat Baltimore? You know what? I'd like to buy in and say yes, but I don't think you can. You know, when you consider all of the, you consider all of the injuries that Dallas has on their offensive line, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem protecting Andy Dalton. One thing we can say is Andy Dalton, and I know a uh, shout out to our boy Cameron Two Drew, who uh, is a big Andy Dalton fan. Me, me and Drew have an Andy Dalton history. <laughs> all right, we've got uh, we've got an Andy Dalton uh, history. I don't know, Andy Dalton has played well against the Baltimore Ravens in the past. Yet, this is one of these games, this is one of these games where if if it was just like a 1 o'clock in the afternoon game or 4 o'clock in the afternoon game, I probably probably wouldn't want anything to do with it. You know, like, I don't, I don't trust Baltimore and I don't trust Dallas. And in fact, you know, I think it doesn't a Big Ten and ACC challenge start tomorrow. Can't, can't we jump into, uh, can't we jump into that? Because I, I tell you, this football game is a load to deal with. Uh, but you know what? We got George Kurtz stepping up and in. He's a Cowboy fan. I look forward to his take on this. I just think that the uh, the offensive line problems for the Cowboys are too much to overcome. So speaking of too much to overcome, while we were all watching the football game, there was absolute insanity and chaos. Absolute insanity and chaos. Um, in Seattle tonight in the MLS playoffs. It looked like uh, Minnesota was on the verge of knocking Seattle off, and Seattle scores two late goals to go to another MLS Cup. Absolute, like, madness uh, tonight. Uh, both me and Cam talked about this soccer match, and we said, you know what, let's take Minnesota plus one. I didn't think there would be five goals, so we get the split. We actually hit a corner kick in-game uh, as well, but I got two. I saw this game with like in the 82nd minute. And I'm like, oh my God, Minnesota's gonna win. And then I see Seattle win. Like, wow, level two continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Show here, Friday night free show feel. You know what? I just wait till we get to serious too. Oh God, and things things are really going to start to get uh, crazy. Speaking of crazy, let's bring in Crazy Kurtz. Crazy George Kurtz steps up and in. 
to kick it with us. Colonel Kurtz, what's going on, George? Uh, it's been an interesting night, Gabe. Uh, there was a crazy George somewhere. Is he a wrestler? Crazy George or the uh, mascot somewhere? Yeah, you know what? Crazy George, you're right. Mascots, uh, wrestlers. You know what? There's a guy in BC, actually, Crazy George, and I think he went to the Broncos, too, didn't he? Remember the guy who used to beat on the drum in the old days, in like the 70s and 80s? Crazy George, he'd hit the drum. Oh, with no shirt on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did he yeah, had no yeah, shirt yeah, yeah. on, too? <laughs> yeah, that, that also, guy is nuts. And also, I guarantee you, there's like a bunch of Crazy George appliance salesmen. Come on down to Crazy George's. <laughs> I don't know. I've called you Colonel Kurtz, we, we Crazy Kurtz, Eddie, crazy, yeah. crazy Kurtz. Well, you got Crazy Eddie, yeah? Is that on the island, Crazy Eddie? <laughs> that used to be a big thing here, a big uh, uh, electronic uh, discount guy. I think he got arrested, by the way. I think he was some insider trading or something like that. This is probably back in the 80s, 90s, but uh, it was a huge thing. Crazy Eddie had commercials all over the place. Yeah, you know what? Everybody gets arrested in New York eventually. That's why I had to get out of there. <laughs> Every day. That's all you see on the news every day. Southern District in New York, District in New York. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. That, you know, so, yeah, you sound great, George. Great, great stuff. Um, so we appreciate you joining us in the late night hours. So it's amazing, George. I've been ripping the NFL a lot, how the games suck all the time. You look at the Sunday slates, bad football, missed extra points, bad play calling, bad refereeing, <laughs> like just everything sucks. Yet the NFL always does enough at the end to, like, rope you back in. And there's always enough entertainment. The playoffs are usually fun. The Super Bowl is usually good. And But what a way that, you know, week 13 sort of was anticlimactic, wasn't it? And then the Giants shook everything up. The Giants shook everything up. And then we go through another ho-hum Chiefs game where they go through the motions. And then boom. So today, George, the point spread ended up closing at five and a half. And I thought it was whack. And I walked right into the trap. Thinking, you know what? This is crazy. I know that Pittsburgh, you know, struggled against Baltimore, but I'm getting five. I'm laying five, five and a half points against Washington. I didn't think why. I thought Washington would hang around in the game. That didn't shock me. I was shocked, though, that the way that they beat Pittsburgh and that they won the game outright. And Joe, I'm just shocked that the Giants and Washington both won outright. It's crazy. Twenty to one. That's what it was. That those both those teams would win. Twenty to one. Yeah, the Giants came hurt yesterday. I definitely didn't see them beating Seattle in Seattle. I mean, if it would have been in New York, I would have been on Seattle there, too. I just didn't see that happening. Uh, credit to the Giants. I think that's a game where Seattle, yeah, you and I know, you're not going to play 16 great football games in a season, and that was an egg for Seattle. It just was. They were terrible. They couldn't protect Wilson at all, and, uh, you know, bad game. I, uh, you know, Cam and I talked last night. I liked Washington today. I liked them just plus the points without the teaser. Uh, I, I haven't, it's not too much that I like Washington. I love their defensive line. Now, that defensive line gets moved and they're going to destroy people. But I've been more disappointed with Pittsburgh. I mean, we've heard Mike Tomlin after all these games. You know, he, he's been disappointed with this team. He can feel they're not playing well. You know, you, uh, they should have – I'm not going to say they should have lost to Baltimore, but when you're playing a team that doesn't have 20 players, I think that was the final number in that game, and yet you beat them 19-14, I know it's a rivalry game, but that game should have been won easier. You know, when they beat the Cowboys a couple of weeks ago – not for a couple of questionable official calls, you know, that Dallas yep. and a fourth-string quarterback might have beaten you. Listen, ugly wins are better than pretty losses, so you give it to Pittsburgh, but I haven't been impressed. And Washington tonight, Gabe, they came off almost a two-week break. It was almost a bye week for them. They haven't played since Thanksgiving while the Steelers played last Wednesday. I thought everything did favor in Washington's uh, area tonight. And maybe more importantly, Washington had to win tonight. 
Giants won yesterday. If they lost tonight, the NFC East was all but over. Unless Dallas happens to win tomorrow, happens to win tomorrow. So Washington had to win tonight in order really to really have a shot and stay in that race. Because if they would have lost, right. you know, they'd be behind the Giants and they would have lost both games to them. Which means, you know, you're not going to make up two games with four left to play, not in the, even in the NFC East. I don't think they would have. So I can't say I'm surprised Washington, uh, Washington won. I think what I was most surprised about when I looked at the stats later is that Alex Smith had 296 yards passing. It didn't seem like that. No, you didn't. it didn't have that feel. Yet, you know, he's going to win the comeback player of the year. And it's amazing. FanDuel actually posted odds for that today. And there's only two players listed, Alex Smith and Ben Roethlisberger. And it looks like Alex Smith uh, just won the award with that performance. What a story, though, for Alex Smith coming back, playing the way that it is. Ron Rivera fighting cancer uh, as well uh, throughout this season. They're a scrappy team. And that defense le is legit. Like, I I'm not arguing the legitimacy of that defense. But where was this? Where was this all year long? And same with the Giants is now they start to put it together. Maybe this division isn't such a joke uh, when it's all said and done. People didn't think these teams were going to win these games. Look, I had a money line parlay that all these teams would lose in the division. Uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> like, like you said, after Tomlin ripped them, I thought we would get a better effort. But you know what it is? It's not about the effort with the Steelers. It's their offense, dude. Like, they can't run the ball. Uh, they don't protect Ben Roethlisberger very well. He's got to get rid of the ball quickly. He doesn't throw the ball down the field anymore. So everything is quick slant. Everything is dink and dunk. Everything is quick, quick, quick. And the defensive linemen know this, George. They're getting their arms up. They're, they're tipping the passes. They're blocking the balls. And you notice every time even a Pittsburgh receiver catches the ball, there's always a player right on him right away hitting him because they know what's coming. Big Ben can't stretch the field right now. I asked people on, on Twitter here, Who's the second-best team in the AFC right now? People are always going to remember what they saw last, and the Bills have 57% of the vote. Uh, Pittsburgh has 33% of the vote. Cleveland has 8% of the vote right now. I'll ask you, George, who do you think the second-best team in the uh, AFC is? Kansas City's one. Who do you think the second-best team is? Well, I've, I've, listen, I've been knocking the Steelers for a little while now, that I have been impressed with their, their wins. Listen, they're winning games. It's all that matters. In some ways, you could have been saying they've been going through the motions as well, sort of like Kansas City's doing here. But I don't think Pittsburgh's a, a great team. I don't. I mean, I have not been impressed with Ben Roethlisberger and all this dink and dunkies. His yards per throw and yards per attempt is not very good. He's not throwing the ball deep that much at all. Now, you mentioned tonight, can they not run the ball? Or they just not try to run the ball. It's not almost like they gave up. Uh, we're not going to run against this front. So we're going to use the short passing game as a running game here. And that led to 17 points. You know, you got 19 against uh, Baltimore. You know, mid-20s against the Dallas Cowboys, and you played them three, you know. I mean, Baltimore's decimated. Washington, I understand they have a good defense, but that's a, that's a game you have to do better than that, and Dallas has no defense. So I, I'm not impressed with Pittsburgh at all here. I, it is recency bias. There's no doubt it is. But uh, if Buffalo's hitting their stride now, and it's funny, I'm not worried about the Buffalo offense. It's the defense that I keep concentrating on. The offense has been great all, all, good all year long. Defense George. But it's, Defense has been improved. That's what I'm saying. If they're hitting their stride now with that defense, and uh, I don't think they even need to be the defensive last year. If they get to that point, they may be one of the uh, – they may be right there with Kansas City. But if they can just be a good, solid team, I mean, not be the sieve they were earlier on, I think Buffalo's a threat. I do, because I think Josh Allen can get it done. Cole Beasley, I mean, XDX Callaway, I never saw him being this good. Never saw it. But Buffalo's getting the best out of him. 
they, if they can run the ball decent, just keep the defenses honest here, and that defense just plays. It doesn't have to be as good as last year. If they just play, I think Buffalo's are a real threat here. I think they could be a surprise team. So as it is right now, the Buffalo Bills, um, the uh, the Buffalo Bills would play the Miami Dolphins. That's where we're at still right now, guys. So the updated playoff picture: Cleveland Browns at Tennessee Titans would be a rematch of uh, this weekend's game, which that was an ultra uh, ultra impressive performance. The Dolphins are eight and four, but the Dolphins play the Chiefs this week. What do you think, George? Do you think the Dolphins? I think the spread. What we talked about this. Uh, yeah, we brought up the spread earlier. Listen, we're coming up to a break. Well, we'll we'll get George's thoughts on this, and we'll dig in deeper into the Dallas game. Although I was talking earlier, George, every time I take a player prop, the dude gets hurt or something happens. Today, I have a nice, simple little Gibson prop over two and a half catches. He gets Gibson, hurt early yeah. in the game. Uh, last night, I have Tyree Kill to score a touchdown. The guy scores two touchdowns, Me and too. neither neither one of them counted, George. Yeah, you too, huh? <laughs> it gets old. It gets older than a troll in a chat. They both need to be eliminated. <laughs> Late night anger management class continues. George Kurtz kicking it with us. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. And you know what? It'll be nice having a little extra cash to bet on college football. Yeah, I'd like to bet a hundred bucks. You want to pick a team? No, just take it. Whatever uh, gets people through the, the okay. evening and uh, shows flying by as it always does. George Kurtz kicking it with us. Captain Kurtz, uh, Crazy George, uh, in the house. We're talking NFL. I want to get to some NHL with you and some other stuff, uh, too, Kurtz. Uh, but um, so just shocking developments here that the Pittsburgh Steelers go down. And I like what you were talking about, about peaking at the right time. Because I brought that up, George. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No, no one's going to remember what happened, dude, in a, in a game in November, right? Oh, he didn't play well. No, they lost. They only kicked six field goals against the Jets or whatever. People are going to remember what happens in the playoffs and you want to be peaking at the right time going into the playoffs and that's the thing maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers have peaked too soon maybe losing will will get them back on track but if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers coming off this loss not a fun place to be going on Sunday night football to take on the Buffalo Bills and the Steelers actually open up as one and a half point favorites in this game that's a little surprising you know, especially at the other performances we saw here. I do wonder once again if that's because Pittsburgh has the national following and they know more bets are going to come that way. Yeah, I do wonder that. So I don't think it's really a uh, a sign of who they think might win the game because I, I think uh, Cameron and I are going to be covering this game and in-game live, but I think well, Buffalo is a team I'll be looking at. I don't see right now how, if, you, if you've watched both teams, how you can think right now that Pittsburgh is going to win this game. They're not playing well. Buffalo is playing well. It's in Buffalo. It's a primetime game. Unless you're worried about Josh Allen spitting the bit, which I'm really not. Play fine tonight. You know, I, I understand San Francisco is not what it was last year. 
But uh, I, I'm going to like Buffalo in this game unless we hear about some kind of injuries happening this week. I think Pittsburgh, maybe the loss, if you say it, and it's true, we do see a loss can slap this team in the face. Maybe they'll wake them up. But like I said, they haven't played well for weeks here, and I don't see Buffalo being a great spot here. They do get Cincinnati the week after. If they need to get well week, that'll be it. But they could be, uh, you know, if they lose to Buffalo, you do get Cincinnati, but they finish up against Indianapolis and Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. They could have some issues here. Those games could be important for both those teams. Uh, if you're the Buffalo Bills, I think what we're looking at here is that two seed's not out of reach. Not impossible. Right, they if they beat if they beat Pittsburgh, uh, they'll be one game behind in a loss column, and then they just need Pittsburgh to stumble again. And you know, obviously, uh, Buffalo would need to win out. Uh, that would just be Buffalo's luck, though. That'd be such a Buffalo thing, uh, George. That the Bills are the second best team in the AFC in the first year. That there's no buy for the second best team in the AFC. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. I I hate that new rule. I. I like the extra team making the playoffs. I do. I mean, listen, that that wild card weekend now is going to be fantastic. Games all day Saturday, all game, all day Sunday. Love that. Yeah. But yeah. Only Three have games. One yeah. team getting a bye. That that's a big that's a big advantage. It's only uh, to have that one team in you know New Orleans and Kansas City right now getting those buys. Or oh, Pittsburgh. I, actually, I take it back. Is still technically in first place in the AFC. I don't like it. And I wish they would have come up with a better way. But then again. I don't like the fact that, you know, they were talking about with the COVID uh, that eight teams could make it, then nobody gets to buy. I don't like that either. There should be a reward no. for having the best record. But uh, well, I they should have put eight teams. They put eight teams and have uh, two teams with the buy then, right? Whatever. You know, one thing, though, that's cool, George, and, like, from a fantasy perspective, from a fantasy perspective is doesn't it suck, you know, at this time of the year, though, when it's like, oh, this team doesn't care, that team, you know, the good teams don't care. And they rest players, and you know the NFL as well. This this takes the rest element away. Kansas City can't be resting players right now moving forward. Pittsburgh can't be resting players right now uh, moving forward and taking games off due to the fact that there is only one seed. So, from a competitive standpoint, it does make it interesting late in the season. Don't wouldn't you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Week 17 might have more meaning. You just said it. You know, for all we know, Kansas City and Pittsburgh are both going to have one loss going into Week 17. They'll both have to play. Where in other years, you're right, they both would have had it. Maybe, maybe Kansas City. I don't care. The number two seed's fine. It's more important to get that rest, you know, rather than fight for these guys. So, yeah, we'll see how it works out. But yeah, I think absolutely. I think that's part of the NFL's thinking as well to make more of these Week 17 games interesting. Uh, but like most teams, we've seen this before, where some of these coaches they don't really care who they play. They do want the rest though, so they might do it anyway. Uh, yeah. as far as uh, deciding what they're going to do. It'll be interesting, but I think overall, I think you're absolutely right. More more coaches are going to play their guys. They have no choice. And this year, don't forget, too, there's just a different variable with, with you know, no fans at some of these games in the playoffs. It'll be interesting to see by come playoff time if they change their tune a little bit because it is an advantage for teams. I think it is an advantage. You notice, like, even the 15,000 Chief fans are pretty loud. The Titan fans are pretty loud. You know, you know, you don't really realize it. You know, you sort of took the fan noise for granted before, right? But I was, George, I was watching a college game over the weekend, and, dude, to play the stadium was packed, all right? It was in North Carolina. The stadium, you know, stadium is packed and uh, in the Carolinas, and, you know, no one's where they're screaming, and, 
I was like, holy crap, this is loud. And you're just not used to it, right? We're so used to this, this lockdown stuff and no people on the street and empty stadiums. <laughs> and it throws me off now when it was a packed stadium. And I was like, God. And these kids were shrieking, like Coastal Carolina fans, because they were beating BYU and it was a chippy game. And these kids were shrieking. Now, I don't know if you and Cam brought this up. I think Cam might have mentioned that you guys did talk about this. But I see uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year uh, odds up here. Justin Herbert's minus 450 right now. He was even higher earlier in the day. But Justin Jefferson's plus 450. Tua's 15 to 1. And I thought Tua was the dark horse coming into the year. Instead, I don't think he's going to win now. But Justin Jefferson, you talk about peaking and stuff. Jefferson's really starting to come into his own right now. And look, Minnesota crazily enough, has actually played himself into a playoff uh, spot, albeit they have to play Tampa uh, this week in Florida. But Minnesota's played himself into a playoff spot, and Jefferson's starting to get some love and some attention, and he's putting up some pretty big numbers. Uh, how you know? I don't want to give the rookie of the year. Like, I don't have a vote. But if I did, I'd have a problem giving the rookie of the year to a quarterback that throws for 300 yards every week and blow out losses, or they lose every week. Like, And another thing is, everyone throws for yards. Like, is Herbert really the rookie of the year? Or wouldn't Jefferson be the rookie of the year? What do you think about this? Jefferson's plus 450 right now. Yeah, Cam and I did talk about this last night. Uh, same same guys as you. I mean, it was Joe Burrow before he got hurt. Now he has no chance here. And two weeks ago, it was definitely Herbert who was going to win it. Now he's had a couple of off weeks. Yesterday was terrible. You know, and it, once again, it is recency bias here. And Jefferson is taking off. I mean, he looks like one of the best receivers, uh, rookie receivers, is Randy Moss, also a Viking. You know, he's playing that well. Uh, I still think the problem with this, we look at it, listen, we all know, NFL quarterback league. We all know who Herbert is. And by we, I mean the average fan. Does the average fan know who Jefferson is? Is he sure? You know, oh, Jefferson, is that guy on the uh, the Rams? Oh, that's Van. Uh, who? Oh, yeah, the Viking Dude, guy. Right. Opposite field. Just crossed, that's he just crossed 1,000 yards. You know, Kirk Cousins' quarterback yeah, just passed 1,061 receptions. Still, listen, guys, there's still a lot of football. There's still four games to go. He's already got 61 catches, 1,039 yards, seven touchdowns. He's averaging 17 yards per reception. These are damn good numbers. But what Herbert's up, Herbert for a quarterback's doing well, too. For, you know, a team that's terrible, quarterback, you know, first year, that's tough as well. I think it's right now. Right now, week going into week 14, I think it's Herbert's job uh, award to lose because he's the quarterback. I still think he's the advantage. But he can't afford – if he were to play next week like he did yesterday, then it'll be Jefferson again. You know, I think Jefferson right now is number two. That's because of how the NFL works here. If I had the, uh, the vote, I think I would still give it to Herbert right now, but I would probably have to real look into the, uh, the numbers here. But I would probably still give it to the quarterback, although I freely admit, that after quarterback, I think the second toughest job for a rookie is wide receiver, having to learn the route tree, get the chemistry with the quarterback, get the trust of the quarterback, knowing when you're the hot read and what you got to do if the blitz is coming and you're the inside guy and you got to make that quick little slant. So I think it's a very tough job here. That's why we generally don't see receivers do this great, anywhere near this great in their first year. Yeah, so what Jefferson yeah. is doing is great. But I think right now, if I had the vote, I'd still go Herbert. Really? Uh, and you know what? This is really making uh, that deal that they made – and, you know, it's one of these one of these instances, George, in which a trade was good for both teams, uh, right? Like, if you're the Buffalo Bills, you don't have any complaints about Stephon Diggs, 
right? You don't have any complaints about Stephon Diggs. Um, you could argue, would you have rather had Jefferson right now? Well, you know, he is younger, but <coughs> if you were the Bills, <coughs> if you were the Bills, you know, you, if you notice the Bills are sort of in win now mode, right? So if you look, like Minnesota got Buffalo's draft pick, Buffalo got Diggs, and then Minnesota turned around and took Jefferson. So it was sort of a wash right there. And Minnesota got a little more on the back end, too. And they were pretty happy with that. And look, the fact is, like I said, Buffalo are very happy with Diggs. And um, he's he's been great. And you saw tonight big plays for Diggs. You know, they need John Brown back, though, too. And that's another thing. Like, the Bills' offense was good tonight. But with John Brown, they're even better. So what about, what about the Baltimore-Dallas game? What about the Baltimore-Dallas game here, though, George? What are you going to do with this right now? I said earlier, you're not like a um, you're not like a cowboy optimist. You're more of a pessimist. And for me, I'd like to say, you know what? Look at everything that's going on here right now, with 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 all these NFC East teams and these games that are rescheduled. It seems like the underdog covers all the time. Ravens going to be without Jimmy Smith uh, as well. Um, but without Zach Martin, without the Cam Irving, uh, you know the Cam Irving injury. This offensive line's got real problems here. What do you make of this? Well, that's hold the that issue. Thought. All right. Yeah, hold, hold that thought. Late night anger management class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Radio with Gabe Marenzi. Do you have a gambling problem? No, I enjoy it. It's a hobby. Just taking a look at the NFL. Uh, interesting week, man. It went from me hating the NFL to being like, wow, man, things are really taking a different turn here. So Dallas Cowboys are getting seven and a half against the Baltimore Ravens uh, tomorrow uh, tomorrow evening. Nothing wrong, uh, George. So it's some Tuesday night uh, football. I guess, though, this is going to cost you some money. You're going to have to shut it down. You can't be refing when your Dallas Cowboys are playing, right? Uh, or are you taping the game? You're going to watch this at like three in the morning. <laughs> Uh, you are correct. Uh, I didn't ref tonight because they're a double game. That's too hard to avoid, and I wanted to watch these games. And I'm not refing tomorrow. He did ask if I wanted to ref tomorrow. I'm like, uh, I'm going to pass. Uh, I, I'd rather sit at home and be miserable when Dallas screws this one up, too. Yeah, I uh, commend, commend me so. Yeah, you have to take it and uh, accept, the, uh, accept the result. Although, like I said earlier, as a Buffalo Bill fan, I am aware Andy Dalton's had success against these guys. Remember that crazy pass play past the Buffalo Bills into the playoffs? Yeah, but you already said it at the end of last break. All right, that offensive line is a joke right now. I know. It's, all the five starters are out. Now, maybe you can make an argument the center is the starter. It depends on what you think about the, the rookie Tyler Ball, blah, does. And I think he would have taken over by now anyway. And he's out. Tyron Smith, out. You know, Irving, out. 
You know, Collins been out for all year. Zach Martin just put on IR today. They're all out. You got five new starters. Uh, Baltimore's going to get after him. You know, I don't know how much how much time Dalton's going to have to throw the ball. I just don't think he's going to have time. You know, so I don't think this is going well. I think I've told you before, Gabe. Uh, you know, I go back to the 70s with the Cowboys, Starback, Dorsett, Randy White, Tutel Jones, all those guys. I think this is probably the most disappointing season I've ever had with this team. And to me, the reason is it's not, you know, I know they were 1-15 in 89, 3-13 in 90, but we knew they sucked. We knew they were going to be bad. Yeah. I didn't have them as a Super Bowl team this year, but I thought they would, you know, I thought they'd win the NFC East. I thought they would make, some, might make a little noise in the playoffs with the other team they had. And for it just to collapse like this, where it's almost like, who knows what's going to happen with Dallas next year? Yeah, you don't know. Are they going to stick with McCarthy? Probably. They probably shouldn't, but I don't think Jerry Jones will admit he made a mistake. What's going to happen with Dak? Are you going to sign him? Are you going to franchise him again with the salary cap? Who's going to have to go? I know a lot of, a lot of teams have these same issues because the cap is not going. It's going lower, not higher. But uh, I think this is probably – I can't think of another season where I've been more disappointed uh, in a Cowboy team than this one. And I understand, you know, the expectations are high. It's too bad Dak went down. You know what's amazing, though, is just – as bad as the division is, right? That they're just that they can't even do it. <laughs> like just that, like you said, that it's this bad. You know, like for me, the the Thanksgiving game was rock bottom. And you know, McCarthy says after, yeah, it was the right call. I get it because of their offensive line and stuff, but I don't. It wasn't the right call. They're not the right calls. But he lied. Just, yeah, he lied. You know? He said that because if you remember the whole statement, he said, "Well, our, we I was worried about our defense. They weren't playing well. The last two series." Before that happened was the interception by Jalen Smith where he got the, you know, the complete the opposite. And the they weren't out. playing well. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you lied. You lied. Oh, just, and, I understand he doesn't want to throw his special teams coach under the bus, but just really, just tell the truth. They, yeah, we screwed, we suck. Really, just tell the truth. Yeah, but any man just to throw his defense out of the bus then. It was actually competing, right? <laughs> like, they're so, he throws them out of the bus. Like, he just doesn't get it. It looks like smashing the watermelons was a short-lived experiment. Yeah, I don't know. It's just been such a whacked-out week. But with the offensive line issues that they have, and not to mention, Baltimore are really are in a must-win situation. Like, the wheels are falling off for the Baltimore Ravens right now as well. And they need to get back on track. They can't afford to slip up and lose this football game. And I would imagine watching the Pittsburgh Steelers lose would really get their attention. They're aware the Giants won, and then the, the, the Washington team won. The Washington football team, I'm good at not calling their former name. And then, uh, and now, you know, you have the Dallas Cowboys coming to town. You know Harbaugh is bringing this up uh, right now. So I'll tell you one thing, uh, George, and I know you're, uh, you're Captain Puck. So, you know, there was optimism. I remember when the NHL, remember like when Major League Baseball players were going through this earlier uh, before they got it going, and people like really ripped them pretty hard. Oh, they're selfish, they're jerks, blah, blah. You know, you know the drill, right? NBA players... NBA players, uh, George, you know, felt a social conscience, decided to take, like, two, three days off, bro, and the sky fell. End of the world. I'm never watching the league again. They suck. Oh, I can't take it. And at the time, everybody said, this is why I like hockey. You know what? This is why I like hockey. These guys suck it up. They play for the love <laughs> of the cup. They play for the love of the game. And I even remember a couple of hockey players saying, yeah, you know, I just want to win a Stanley Cup. And Everybody ran with it. Oh, look at these hockey players. They don't play for money. Look how tough they are. They play because they love the game. Well, 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 George, here we are right now, buddy. 
and they're in the exact same situation baseball players were in. And we're seeing the same thing where the owners really don't want to play a bunch of games because they're realizing there really won't be fans for real. I think they thought before, well, you know, by January, things might be better and stuff, and it's not better. The vaccination's not going to change, like, things immediately, so there's not going to be fans. I saw the Vegas guys flipping out, and he dropped the old, oh, I'd be better off not playing, right? You know, I'd lose 44% of my revenue. I don't even know, like, so, all right, you just let it out, what, what's really going on here, and the players already feel like they've conceded enough. This is baseball all over again. Am I wrong? Isn't this like exactly what happened with baseball? <laughs> oh, I think you're 100 percent correct. I think it's following the same playbook. You know, the owners, oh, we we had, we're not gonna have fans. You got to take less. And the players, like, we already agreed to this. We already have the, uh, you know, the memorandum of understanding. The MOU is what they keep calling yeah. it. We're not taking less. We'll defer some. We will defer, but we're not taking less. You know, so I think it's once again, here we go. I know Darren Drager reported tonight that we'll, there will be no more discussions on the proposed financial changes to the MOU in the CBA. That doesn't mean that everything's done and everything, every, everybody's all happy. It just means that the NHL, the players don't, oh, that's it. We're done. We're not discussing this. Oh, budget. So uh, we'll see. We'll see, Gabe. I want them to play. I, I certainly want them to play. They're talking January 13th, 56-game season. Ah, but I, this does have a great feel of baseball with it again. Where you know I think it might get keep getting delayed. Oh, thirteenth. Oh, now it's the twenty fifth. Oh, now it's you know February fourth, and they keep moving it back here, and so there's got to be a number in the owner's head of how many games they can play where where it is profitable. Just like it was for baseball, where even yeah. no fans, sixty games is profitable. You know, yeah. and I don't know what they can do in the playoffs because I keep bringing this up. Unlike uh, baseball, unlike last year at the NHL and the NBA for that matter, where you could have played forever, it didn't matter. NHL can't do that this year. The Olympics start in late July, assuming they're not canceled. And most reports say the vaccines should be you know, well in hand by that time. But assuming they're not canceled, NBC covers the Olympics. NBC also covers hockey. Hockey needs to be done by the Olympics. So they, they can't back it up here. They've got to get everything done. Regular season playoffs, probably by around July 4th at the latest. Yeah, it's going to be, um, as a betting man, I think we're looking at the February stuff. I think the owners, like we said, it's the same thing with baseball guys where the owners are like, man, we don't want to play 100 games. Like, the, remember the players were like, we'll play 100 games. We'll put your money where your mouth is. We'll play we'll play 113 games. And the owners were sort of put it on the, the players, but really, they really didn't want to. And then it came out that the owners really wanted to play like 50 games only because then they wouldn't really lose money. They wouldn't make money, but they wouldn't lose money in their mind, right? And already the Vegas guy is saying, and one thing too, last time, guys, the NHL, they got through most of their year, right? And uh, there wasn't that many games left when things got shut down. You know, it was a hindrance, but it wasn't the end of the world. They got through most of the season. So it was easier to deal with without having the, the fans in the bubble and stuff in the hub. But let's be real. The NHL is not the NBA. The NHL is not the NFL. And even the NBA, is not the NFL in, in that sense, but the NBA can live without fans, George. You know what I mean? Like, it's not the end of the world for the NBA. Like, the NBA, I think it's basically the bottom line. It turned out it's about 22 to 23%. So, like, their television revenue is so big, it's about 23, let's call it 23, 24%, the, the fan revenue that they're missing out on. NHL is different. You know this. Like, 
you know, a lot of Canadian teams, George. I mean, their television contracts aren't that large and, and, and you know, massive scale revenue. And, you know, like to the Edmonton Oilers, selling out every game counts, right? They charge a lot of money. It's supply and demand. Like, they're, you know, the Winnipeg Jets make a lot of money at the gate, George. These teams, like, look at the Blackhawks. Look at Vegas. Vegas sells out every game. Like, the NHL teams, they need fans in the building. So I understand the owner's problem. But the thing is, you guys have a contract, and the players already agreed, from what I understand, to take a 28% pay cut. 28%. I don't know what more they can do, George. Right? Like to me, and and guess and George, you know this. Who's the uh, who represents the NHL players? A guy that doesn't screw around, bro. <laughs> yeah, Donald Fear doesn't play around, man. Like this guy, like he's, you know, the like the Roger Goodell, like probably goes to bed every night and thanks God that this guy doesn't rep the NFL players, because you know, as we know, Donald Fear is not scared of uh, getting his hands yeah. dirty, George. No, Donald Fear was the uh, baseball guy, pretty much after, right after Mark Miller, pretty much. And he, uh, you imagine, he doesn't, he doesn't say crap. He will tell the players what they should do, what, what they can get here. Uh, I agree with you about February, by the way. I think I've been saying this all along. I know they want to go January 13th. Boy, what are you going to have it? A week training camp? I mean, are you going to have everybody report to training camp at, on New Year's, on Christmas Day? I don't see that happening. So I, I don't think January 13th can happen here. You know, Mike Blewett always brings this up uh, whenever we talk about. Uh, uh, this situation in baseball now in hockey. And I do think baseball, it does equate to hockey here because they need the fans in the stands that, you know, there is no business where you are guaranteed to make a profit. And, uh, you know, if yeah. Home Depot is losing money, are they going to their employees and going, Hey, listen, you know, Johnny, uh, hardware guy, you got to yeah. take a 20% uh, cut in your pay. They don't, you know, you're not guaranteed. So why, why does everybody expect the players to take less? They have contracts. You know, you mentioned earlier, uh, about baseball, about how the owners, we all know they wanted, I think, a 54-game schedule or whatever it was. That's their profitability. That's why this uh, lawsuit that baseball is bringing, uh, owners are in trouble because they did not negotiate in good faith. And I do wonder if the hockey is going the same way. I don't know what the magic number is in hockey of how many games the owners think they can play here, but I would think hockey is even in worse shape than uh, than baseball because, once again, they're not, not going to get that extra $50 million or whatever baseball got for the uh, expanded playoffs. They can't do that. And their television contract was so much lower. You already stated it. They need fans in the stands, but it's it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen this year. And that's the thing. If you are, if you're the NHL owners too, and this is the same thing with Major League Baseball, in which that's why they expanded the playoffs, right? So they make more money for the playoff games. So that's you know that's what the NHL is going to do. The NHL is going to squeeze the season down. The NHL owners will just waste time. And as you stated, there's no way in hell this is happening in January. Christmas is around the corner. So unless they get a deal done right away, and then even when they get a deal done right away, they've got a bunch of buildings where they couldn't even play in. You know what I mean? San Jose couldn't play, right? You know what I'm saying, George? Like, then you got COVID to worry about on top of that. So, like, they need to get things in order, have a date, and then say, all right, and then speak to the local counties and stuff like that. There's so much up in the air. There's no way in hell they'll be able to pull this off right away. So the NHL owners will squeeze the game, squeeze the games. And then don't forget, um, players don't get paid for the playoffs, guys. See, that's the same thing with, like, baseball. They get a share. There's a playoff pool. And if you remember last year in baseball, George, um, when the players told them to suck it, they actually came back. They Instead of, like, a $40 million, they were like, all right, we'll give you $100 million for the playoffs or whatever it was. They were like, they really tried to rip them off in the playoffs even. Because the players aren't stupid, guys. The players don't have contracts for the playoffs. They play in the playoffs, and they get a playoff share if they win. 
but they don't get paid like their salary. They don't get a check anymore. So they don't want to play like 20 regular season games and then play for free in the playoffs. Moment, we'll wrap up with Chris on the other side. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Late Night Anger Management Class, Level 2, just flown by. Thanks to George Kurtz for kicking it with us. NHL hockey fans, yeah, kind of depressing right now. Kind of kind of depressing that uh, this is where we're at, yet I'm not surprised. There will be hockey because the players are going to want to get paid. They're, they're not going to want to lose all the money, and the owners aren't going to want to lose the playoff money from the networks, right? So it's just a dance in a game, and I think that's why, George, we stated, and George agrees, this is baseball all over again. There's, like, nothing different. <laughs> like, there's nothing different about this. Absolutely nothing. The owners want a limited amount of games, and the owners are going to start to blame it on the players, but in really, in reality, the owners are just going to buy time. And as I stated, George, like, they're not meeting on Christmas Day and stuff. There's pandemics going on. And it's like, oh, well, we'll meet in 10 days where there's not a pandemic where we can meet. And, like... It's, it's you know, it's going to be a mess, but they'll eventually get this in. And then you throw in the Olympics, as you stated. Like, I don't know what the hell. Um, <laughs> you, get, you, get, you get the Olympics yet. I guess the, I guess the Olympics go on. Is it the Summer or the Winter Olympics? Is, we had the Summer Olympics this year? Is it the Winter Olympics? I, I, I don't even, I can't keep up. What did they cancel last time? The Winter Olympics? No, I think it was the Summer. So it's the Summer Olympics in July. And I think it's, is it in Beijing? I think it's in Beijing. Yeah, it's like China's the only one that wants the Olympics anymore. Like nobody even wants the Olympics. Like, uh, what are you going to do with the Olympics? You know what I mean? Like, Asia is like the only the only continent that ever bids on this stuff uh, anymore. Uh, I don't know. Like COVID, yeah, COVID really shut that stuff down uh, last year. I'm an Olympic fan too, so hopefully things work out. But I don't know if pros are going to be showing up and stuff like that, like they normally do. It'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with the basketball team. And I don't know, when, when winter hockey, uh, winter Olympics moving forward. So, uh, Kurtz, it's great, great stuff. Uh, feel free to jump in our chat uh, tomorrow night after the Cowboys game if you want to shed some tears or you want to check in. I might be shedding more than tears tomorrow. That's, that's not going to go well. <laughs> George Kurtz. Thank you, George. You sounded great tonight. Thanks for the time. Anytime, Gabe. Have a great week. There's George Kurtz with us. Great stuff. Get on the grid.